This is Gilbert, and I'm here with Pastor Matt Beamer. It's an amazing year. No small dreams in 2023. And the year of multiplication. Absolutely. Multiplication for leaders, multiplication for our church, multiplication in our personal lives. Yes. So this is our last podcast for this series called Purpose Driven Life. The idea for these podcasts really is to supplement your time during grow groups to give you more information about the material, to give you more to think about, to chew on, to digest, and also really to cast vision as a church so that you know you can hear on a regular basis from the pastors of the church, from the leaders of the church to hear about the vision and where we're trying to get to because we don't only have a purpose as individuals, but we have a purpose as a church. So, Pastor Matt, what on earth am I here for? That's the question we're asking and answering. And I want to remind you, if you haven't gone to the Bible app, the, the Bible app, you can get the version app from any app store. Um, and, and looked up the what on earth am I here for Bible reading plan by Rick Warren and connected with that. Please do, do that. It'll be so helpful. But, you know, we've been looking at uh, our theme scripture for this series is 1 Corinthians 2.7. And that's found within the passage that we've been reading last last podcast. We went through verses 1 through 7. Um, I want to pick up on verse 7 and I want to start by reading through to uh, verse 10. So just a couple of verses, but we're going to keep expounding on this. What we've seen in the passage is that this was written to brothers and sisters, the yeah. church, people just like you and me, born again, spirit filled people. And so this is, this is God speaking to you and God speaking to me. And we see this contrast between human wisdom and the wisdom of this world, which when it comes to things like time management and that, you, you know, that's that whole uh, sort of bucket or genre of things. And it, there's good value in it, but it says that in the end, this leads to nothing. And then verse seven says, um, no, no, as in we don't live this way. We're different. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory. And we see that um, God has a destiny for us that is a glorious destiny. And then it says these, these powerful three words before time began. And maybe Gilbert, you want to just highlight what we talked about last week about that phrase and about, we talked about time management, personal management, and then purpose management. Absolutely. So what we really talked about and we dug into last week is the idea of what our purpose is. And the fact is that our purpose is given to us by God, that God predestined us for certain things and for good things. I don't want to say, you know, that there's some good, some bad. God is good. God is love. He always has predestined our purpose in good things. He expects good things to happen to us. He has good plans for us as we start walking. So Pastor Matt, you shared this great image about, you know, people spend their whole lives climbing up the ladder of success only to find out they climbed the wrong ladder, right? And that is walking in natural wisdom versus walking in, in God's wisdom. So we talked about the fact that 
um, our purpose was created before the world began. And that means before the world began means before time was defined by God for mm. us to use. So time does not define our purpose, but our purpose defines what we do with our time. Yeah. It defines how we spend our life. That's right. Now, we've been analyzing all, all month. I've been encouraging us to do this, looking at our, um, you know, four areas of our life that combined really tell us how we truly are spending our life. We can hope that we're spending our life in alignment with God's purpose. But the truth is, is how you spend your minutes, how you, you know, how you spend your money, how you spend your uh, you know, what you, think your mouth your and what you think yeah. about your mind, those four areas, it, what, you know, the, the things that, um, absorb the majority of those four areas of your life, that speaks to what is driving your life. And we don't want to be driven by those things unless they come from the, 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 the foundation of God's purpose. And so if you analyze your life and you realize, wow, I'm living for things that are not God's purpose. When I look at my minutes, how I use my time, when I look at my money, how I use my money, when I look at the things I say and talk about, and when I look at the things that I think about the most, I realize they have nothing to do with my God-given purpose. In fact, you may even say, I don't even know what my God-given purpose is. Well, there's some helpful things that we have for you. Um, make sure that you've listened to that 50 minute message I did a couple of years ago in a church and gotten the downloadable um, uh, PDF that goes with it because it'll help you set your, according to God's values and his purpose, it'll help you set your life mission, your purpose. And that's, that's helpful because it, it, it um, enables you to stay focused. And I've realized over the years that focus is probably one of the more challenging things in this life. And to have a clearly defined focus helps you, uh, that's in alignment with God's purpose, helps you to fulfill your God-given purpose for your life. An example of that is, over the years, I've used different mission statements, but um, my mission state, you know, it's kind of evolved over the years as I've evolved and grown in my relationship with the Lord. But it, now I summarize it simply as this, I live to make God smile. That's my, that's my life purpose. And I, I live to God make, uh, to make God smile in, and you know, that's based off of that, you know, those encounters that Jesus had with the father, where he says, uh, the father says of him, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. It's based off of the parable, of the talents where it talks about, um, well done thou good and faithful servant, you know, you know, so I, I want God to, when he thinks of me and, and I want him to think of me in the way he thought of Jesus, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I want him to smile about my life. So the way I spend my life, every decision I make, um, has a filter and that filter is, does it make God smile? And I look at that filter through, you know, seven areas of my life through that filter. Um, one of those areas is my, um, my life calling, my ministry calling, my purpose in life. Another one is my relationships. Another one is, is my finances. Um, another one is, and I include this as one of the seven, is, is fun. I want, you know, God wants you to have fun in life, and, uh, but I want to have fun that makes him smile. <laughs> if, 
if, uh, you know, going on holiday and letting your hair down, you know, it's an American expression, kind of relaxing means that you, you know, backslide. That's not, yeah. that's not, that's not what we're supposed to do. Sure. Uh, the Bible tells us that he gives us all things to richly enjoy. Yes, he right. does. And, and this life is not created so that sinners can enjoy it. This life is created for God's people to enjoy it. the earth and the fullness thereof is God's. And he's like here, enjoy it. And so uh, there's seven areas. I talk about those seven areas in that in that um, recording. We can't get into the detail of it now, but I really encourage you if you want to know how to set a life purpose mission statement and then goals for your year and for your life based out of that, that will um, help you ensure that your your life purpose that God created you for is directing your life, not circumstances. That's great. So let's, let's, how about we talk about the, um, the people who finished their race? How about we look at some examples in the Bible? Yeah, let's do that. Especially after we read verses eight, nine, 10, cause I forgot to do that. So, uh, yeah, sure. He goes on verse eight, uh, none of the rulers of this age understood it. And so, Again, it's contrast. This whole passage contrasts godly wisdom with human wisdom. And he's saying, like, even the wise rulers of the world, I know not all rulers are wise. We understand that. But even the wise rulers of this age, um, they, they did not understand it. In fact, he says, none of them understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So here's an interesting point out of this verse that um, because they did not understand that, that uh, this, this truth that we're speaking of, that purpose should define how we act and how we use our time, they acted in a way where they put that ladder. They thought they were, <laughs> they thought they were going for the ladder of success. Let's crucify him, crucify him. And actually, they found when they got to the top, they'd put that ladder against the wrong wall right. for big time because it completely backfired on them. And he says, verse nine, however, as it is written, um, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. That's verse 10. And I really wanted to get to the end of that passage. So uh, this whole passage, verse uh, 1 through 10, all speak to the thing we're talking about. And so we see something. There's no eye, no ear, no human mind. So the your purpose. Nothing natural, right? Yeah. Your purpose is higher than that. It's bigger than it. It's eternal. It's more significant. It goes before time. It goes before the things that have been seen and heard. Uh, it goes before natural mind can conceive it. And it also comes from this place of love. For the things God has prepared for those who love him, God has done already past tense, prepared these things for those who love him. And these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. It, it, it comes through spiritual revelation, not through seeking things naturally. Man, that's so good. That's so good. Looking at this through, I mean, in comparison between natural wisdom and godly wisdom and understanding that our purpose lies in godly wisdom, that 
through God's wisdom, he reveals his purpose for us through Jesus, but also, you know, our purpose in him and what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So there's a couple summary statements that, that I want to uh, read here in my notes that um, go kind of summarize everything we've talked about up till now. So your God purpose is spiritual in its conception, must be understood through spiritual revelation, and is manifested, that means lived out or fulfilled, only through God's wisdom and not in human strength or ability. And then secondly, your God purpose will always agree with and contribute to God's master purpose, and that is the building of his church. And we see Jesus is our first example of a finisher. And, um, you know, the Bible speaks of we, can, we should follow examples uh, of those who, who finish. Philippians 3 verse 17 says, join together in following my example. So Paul says, follow me, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. In other words, it's important to, to find people who are finishers right. and, and look to them as models to help us learn how we can be finishers of our purpose. That tells us that it's not automatic. It's not a natural thing. We need to see patterns. We need to see examples. We need to learn from others so we can learn from um, Jesus who finished, Paul who finished, and John the Baptist who finished. Yeah, that's really good. So looking at Jesus, we see at the towards the end of his ministry when he's on the cross in John chapter 19, verse 30, he says, it is finished. What does that mean? Yeah, he's there on the cross and he says, it is finished. Right. In other words, that purpose for which I was created, I was born to die. And all that I was, all that I exist for, it has been fulfilled and it has finished. Um, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews verse uh, chapter 12, verses uh, one through two um, concerning Jesus, uh, kind of defining a little bit more about it is finished. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And uh, again, just a reflection back to our first um, podcast this month, talking about that purpose of uh, entering into that, that thing that's necessary for us to do in order to enter into that zero resistance, um, you know, the cutting of the flesh, the, the jettison of those booster rockets that have brought us to the, even the good things that have brought us to here. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, or some translations talk about the author and the finisher of our faith. For he, as an example, we can see here, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus, a part of his finishing, was to fulfill the purpose of dying on the cross as a lamb slain before the foundation. Again, purpose that was before the foundation of the earth or purpose that existed before time itself. He's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. And he was slain uh, as a sacrifice, an innocent 
spotless lamb as a sacrifice for you and me. There was a divine exchange that took place. He took the sin of the world upon himself and he exchanged it with his perfect righteousness, making us righteous as he is righteous with his righteousness. That's good news. You know, Pastor Matt, what you just shared in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 about laying aside every weight. You, you just explained the purpose of Jesus and what Jesus came to do. And I, I remember this passage when, you know, he's talking to his disciples about the fact that he has to suffer and he has to die and he will be resurrected. And Peter takes him aside and, and tells him, you know, God forbid that this, this might happen to you. And Jesus' response is, is very pointed. I mean, he says, you know, get behind me, Satan, because... What we see is a, a temptation to not fulfill the purpose. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. He had he had flesh like we have flesh. Even though he's 100% God, he's also 100% man. And so his flesh wanted to go in ways that was contrary to God's divine purpose for his life. In the garden, he even said, if there's a different way for this to happen, if this cup can pass from me, let it. It says that he sweat, um, as it were, great drops of blood. Yeah in his emotional anguish over fulfillment of his purpose. That, that, that is a great point about fulfilling our purpose. Our purpose many times goes contrary to the desires of the flesh. So we have to quiet or starve the flesh and feed our faith and feed right. our spirit and feed that purpose. And that again is this idea that purpose should be the preeminent, the greatest thing of our life, this divine purpose, not uh, any other circumstance that, you know, that comes our way. That's so good. So we see here that Jesus, you know, had a purpose. He, uh, John the Baptist says that, you know, he is the lamb who comes to take away the sin of the world. And we see in his death, burial, and resurrection that he fulfilled his purpose. Yes, it is finished. He finished his, his course. So... Pastor Matt, going back to that verse in John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away. Did you notice it's in present tense? Yes. Time doesn't impact the purpose here. Oh, so good. Exactly. The purpose goes beyond time. It was before time and it goes beyond time and it should not be influenced by time. He comes, he takes away. That's past, present, future. That's eternal purpose exactly. that Jesus has. Exactly. That's so good. That is so good. And it's another proof of the fact that your purpose should be the thing that influences your time, not time or the way we feel sometimes. I don't have time. I don't have time. Uh, that should not be the, the excuse for not fulfilling our purpose. Our purpose should define the way we manage ourselves within our time. That's good. So going to John the Baptist, uh, same kind of thing. He was a finisher. The Bible says in John 30, verse 30, speaking of John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, it says that he, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. Yes. And, you know, going to this point about how our purpose and having a clear understanding of our purpose defines our actions. If he didn't have a clear understanding of his divine purpose, that he was here, you know, when uh, they asked John, you know, uh, who are you? He says, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And he, he then quoted scripture that speaks of the fact that he was to, to make that way straight for the coming Messiah. Yeah. 
And he understood from scripture his purpose so clearly that when in the in the height of his success in in ministry, we could say like ministerial success according to the way that the world would look at it, he um he took a step away from the limelight and said, I must decrease, I must step away from the spotlight, and I must allow Jesus to take the preeminence and step into the spotlight because that was what I was born for. It, it, you know, let's be honest, in secular human ideas, um, and, and, you know, the tendencies of, of humanity is, is once you get into the limelight, you don't let anybody else take the, your light. You know, you shine bright. Right. <laughs> and right. so, but no, he said, I must decrease. So understanding his purpose, and it empowered him by God's spirit to take a step into a direction that is, is, um, is humanly seems to be a wrong direction. So he actually fulfilled his purpose by decreasing. And, and that I goes like that amazing because that's somehow, you know, in the book of revelation, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus says that he is coming. And his second coming is nearer and nearer and nearer. People, you know, would argue how close or how far it is. All, all I know is that two minutes ago, it was further than it is now. And Jesus is coming. So that is something that, you know, we must do as well as a church. We must, you know, walk in what John the Baptist did in his purpose and as an example. And also near, um, you know, near come near to that purpose and say you know he must increase we yes. must prepare the way yes for him to come back gilbert listen to this in the message this passage i'm yeah. gonna start reading in 27 john answered it's not possible for a person to succeed i'm talking about eternal success without heaven's help you yourselves were there when i made it public that i was not the messiah but simply the one sent ahead of him to get things ready. Verse 30 then, this is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. There's, you can't, that's not naturally, like that's not what people do. Sure. Yeah, and the only way he could have that kind of understanding or, or think that way is because he had a clear, you know, clear anchor of his divine purpose. Um, let's move on to Paul for sake of time. It's, sure. it's so many things we could talk about each one of these finishers in Acts 20 verses 23 through 24. Do you have that? If not, I can read it out loud, but Acts 20 verse 23 through 24. I'm not sure I do. Okay. I'll, I'll start. It says, I only know that in every city, the Holy spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish, we're talking about finishers, to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Paul was a finisher. Verse 24 in the King James, it says, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So where, where did Paul find his purpose? Where do we see that in scripture? Uh, we, uh, 
just in the same place that Jesus found his purpose, and in the same place that John the Baptist found his purpose, Paul also discovered his purpose. We read in Ephesians, as an example, we read in uh, all, all throughout his writings, he speaks of the grace on his life. And the grace on his life was clear to him because he understood his purpose. Grace speaks of God's ability. We read in our main passage, 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 through 10, about it's not by my ability naturally, but it's about by God's spirit, his power. And so it's the, our, the purpose of God uh, um, uh, points to God's uh, spirit on our life or God's power or grace on our life. It really, the purpose we're seeing over and over again, purpose is kind of like the, the genesis of everything, isn't it? Yes. And so, um, but Paul saw himself in scripture too, just like Jesus said, all the law and the prophets speak of me. We, we talked about John the Baptist quoting scripture about himself. And Paul saw himself in scripture. And we see in Ephesians 3 verses 8, 9, and 10, he talks about the grace of God on his life and his purpose and the grace there. We see in Romans, throughout the whole passage of Romans chapter, he's quoting, it is written, it is written, it is written, speaking of his grace. He clearly understood his purpose from scripture. And in Romans 15 is a really interesting passage about Paul because Paul says this, he says, my aim or my purpose is to preach Christ where he's not named. He then says to the church at Rome, he says, however, since Christ has been fully preached from Jerusalem and all the region roundabout all the way through to Elycrium, he says, now having nowhere else to preach in these parts, now I can come to you Christians. And, and, and what, what do we see from that? We see that Paul clearly understood his purpose. And secondly, and this is important, he prioritizes time resources like we've been talking about, your minutes, your money, your mind, your mouth. He prioritized himself, his life, according to his purpose. Yes. He says, the reason I've been hindered to come to you Christians in Rome is because I have a purpose. And my purpose is to preach Christ to those who haven't heard. But now that I don't have anywhere to do that anymore, now I can come secondarily to you. I want to I wanna add to what you're saying here as, as well. And... You know, I had I had this question before we were working on the podcast about, you know, where where did he actually find it or where did his purpose become clearer to him? Back in the message of Belong, we talked about this, that, you know, he knew who he was, but he found his purpose more closely once he got into a church and once mm -hmm. he became part of the church at Antioch. And in, in the book of Acts in chapter 13, we see that you know they were having a prayer meeting. They were fasting and they were seeking the Lord and searching, uh, you know, asking the Lord for certain things. And in verse two, it says, "As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul, who is now Paul, for the work to which I have called them.'" So we see here that you know, in a time when they were earnestly seeking the Lord, they you know, that purpose that the Lord had for them was being revealed and they started knowing how to go and where to go. And that's something we do as a church, right? We meet once a month and we have a believer's meeting mm -hmm. where we spend time worshiping or we spend time ministering you know, to the Lord, yeah. ministering to the Lord. And it's during times like this that the Lord can really speak to our hearts about our mm -hmm. purpose. Yeah. And, and notice that that purpose existed, the work where unto I have called you. That existed 
and we know from other scriptures, it existed before time existed. Right. But then there was a qualification for it and a separation. And that separation good, had yeah. to do with a recognition in a time of the of ministering to the Lord by the spiritual leaders. It says there were certain prophets and teachers there in, in Acts 13, and it names them. And then it says the Holy Spirit said, well, how did he do that? Most probably through those, you know, one or more of those prophets and teachers. And then it says, uh, when they recognized that, they laid their hands on them and commissioned them to go out on their first missionary journey. And your point about the church is something we haven't really mentioned, but all of our purpose, uh, you know, every believer's purpose has a contribution to make towards building God's master purpose. So uh, he's not going to give you a purpose that's that's like completely detached from his overall plan in the earth. Right. What on earth am I here for? He's going to give you a divine purpose that builds towards, as we all come together, as, as you, Gilbert, are doing your divine purpose, as Matt, Pastor Matt Hannibal does his divine purpose, as I do mine, as all the people within Go Church do ours, then Go Church as a church will fulfill its divine purpose here in Beirut and in Lebanon and influence where it's supposed to go. And as other churches do the same, it happens that his, his church-wide purpose. So... Um, a, a believer who thinks that they can fulfill their God-given purpose separate from God's plan within the church is going to always have gaps and they're always going to miss it. There's, there's right. going to be a little bit of an offness to it. Yeah, I think, I think many people, you know, come to church and come to a meeting, not understanding that they're part of something, but many people, you know, try to make God part of their lives. Yeah. Uh, and versus the fact that, you know, we should strive to become part of God's plan. Yeah. You know, and, and our life purpose should be in his plan. It's yes. not the other way around. Absolutely. So as we as we finish, that's so good. As we finish, um, you know, when comparing these three different persons and we didn't dig deep into them like I really would like to. But for sake of time, we need to finish. But when comparing all three. There's three points I see that similarities amongst each of them. Each had a clarity of purpose that they discovered in God's word. You see Jesus, you know, in the synagogue when he was 12 years old, you know, discussing the scriptures. Why? Because he had seen himself in the scripture. Can you imagine a, you know, a 11, 12 year old kid reading the scripture and reading a lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world and thinking, oh my goodness, that's me. How, you know, what, what that must, how the yeah. impact of that. And talk about defining your actions, what you do, when you do it, and how you do it, when you, when you begin to understand who he was. And so, uh, same with John the Baptist and Paul, they all had clarity of purpose that they discovered in God's word. And we, everyone listening to this podcast, as Gilbert said in their last uh, podcast, if you spend time with the Father and you spend time in his word, you will see yourself the way he created you in his divine purpose he created you for in scripture. I, I, um, I have seen that for myself and I have seen others experience the same thing. Secondly, another similarity we see throughout all of them is that there's a clarity of purpose produces joy. The Bible says of Jesus that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Um, and Paul said he finished his course with joy. Uh, there is a there is a joy that comes that you cannot get any other way than when you understand this is what I was born for. This is what I'm on earth for. When you see it, it's God's purpose. It, the joy that comes with that 
and this is the third point, is joy empowers us to finish. That joy is the, is the like uh, strength and the power and the grace and the impetus. And, you know, it, it, it enables us, the enabling for the joy that was set before him. Jesus was enabled to, he was able to um, uh, go to the cross and, and finish his course. So joy empowers us to finish. We see that in each of them too. And you can experience each one of those things. You can discover yourself clearly in God's word. That will produce joy in you that you can't get any other way. And that joy will empower you to be a finisher. Praise God. So as we close uh, for today and as we close for this month with this series titled Purpose Driven Life, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, what on earth am I here for? To really ask about your purpose and to be honest with yourself. How are you handling your resources? And are you climbing the ladder that is leaned up against the right wall? Is that where you're going? If you really want to find out the purpose of God for your life, you will. He's gracious, he's loving, and he wants you to know it. And he wants you to walk in it more than you want to even. So with that, I just want to encourage everyone. And I want to tell everyone that we love you. We're praying for you and we're looking forward to sharing next month's series with you.